0: to the Remarkable Orator Podcast. I'm your host, Anika Apple. It's a beautiful day to enjoy a story. Stories are so special. They help us to connect, to learn from one another. They provide inspiration and at the heart of them, is healing. It's such a beautiful thing to be seen and understood by one another. And that's why I come to you today to tell you a story. Today we're going to go all the way back, back to the beginning. We're going to talk about how things came to be in the beginning. I'm so glad that you have joined me here today. The beginning is such an important part of our stories. And yet it seems so distant. We don't hold on to or remember much about what happened in the beginning. As a matter of fact, it takes a lot of work for us to recall who we were, and what we experienced in the beginning. And you're saying to yourself right now, what does she mean by in the beginning? What's this beginning she speaks of? Well, the beginning is our starting point of who we are. Back when we had unfettered dreams, when we allowed ourselves to really travel into the possibilities of what could be. We spent so much time thinking and visioning and allowing our minds to wander. We thought we could fly. We believed we had superpowers. We could sing, we could dance. We could play sports, win the Olympics. We could do anything. And over time, as the world started to get a hold of us, it started to tell us stories. Every time something didn't go the way that we hoped or intended it would, it told us that we weren't enough. It told us that we weren't strong enough or smart enough. It told us that we weren't capable. Yet in the beginning, we knew that none of that was true. It's so amazing that when you go back in time to who you really were before the world started to shape this version of you that was acceptable to itself, you knew your purpose, you could see the divine plan for your life, and you tried to create these cues for yourself that would bring you back to it. Those moments of familiarity when you would say to yourself, ah, this feels like I'm back on track. It's almost as if your younger self provided breadcrumbs throughout the forest so that you would never totally be lost. Think about it for a moment. We've all experienced those deja vu moments. For years now, I've said, every time I have one of those moments, I know that means I'm on track. This is what was supposed to happen. This is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know from a timing standpoint if I'm years behind or (laughs) months ahead, but I know that I'm on the right track. Confirmation. That support of like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. But how did I know that? What gives me the confidence to believe that today? What would make me think that I am in the right spot? Well, it's because in the beginning I already had this understanding and knowledge of myself. So now you're sitting, looking, listening, saying, Anika, what is it you're talking about here? How could you possibly have known? Well, let's go back to the beginning and find out. When I was a young girl, I had many different things that I decided I was going to do in my career. It's likely that you had very similar beliefs about yourself. You know, people wanted to be firemen, firefighters, and Doctors and lawyers and dentists and you name the professions, veterinarians. There were so many different things that people wanted to be. And a lot of it was driven by the books that we read, what we saw in the homes that we lived in, the people in our families, who came and showed up on career day at school. All of those things influenced us to think about careers. But when I go back even further, I remember some things about myself. I really, really wanted to be an actress. And I wanted to be a flight attendant because I loved to travel. And I wanted to be a nurse because I loved to care for others. I wanted to be an attorney because I was phenomenal at, at verbal sparring. And I wanted to be a minister. As a matter of fact, I would stand on my bed on Sundays and put my stuffed animals at the foot of my bed and I would stand barely, like very wobbly (laughs) on my bed and preach a sermon. Now, goodness only knows if what I was saying made any sense at all. I'm sure it did because I'm sure it was more of a conversation between God and I than it was me and my stuffed animals. But let me tell you, they were a willing audience. (laughs) They also would spar with me in the courtroom too. So, um, you know, they, they definitely helped to fuel all of these visions of my future self that I had and I had it worked out. Let me tell you. So it wasn't like at different times in my life that these were the things I wanted to do, but no, I was very, very clear You know, I lived in in New Jersey and I was going to fly from New Jersey to California. And on the flight over, I would be a nurse and put Band-Aids on anybody that needed them. And I on my way to um, California, or when I arrived there, I would immediately be transported to the set where I was an actress. And of course, the part that I would be playing was that of a lawyer. And when I got home, Back to New Jersey on Sundays, I would preach. I would be there to provide the sermon. So I had it all planned out. So, how does that connect? When I look at who I've become, I look at the things that have fired me up across my life. They're connected to that list that I just shared with you. I'm in the process of becoming a minister. I don't know that I ever thought that I would, probably past those really young elementary years, and here I am taking the steps forward on that path. I've been somewhat of a verbal sparring partner for so many across my career professionally and certainly in my personal life, and I love it. And I absolutely know that it's connected to my gift of being an orator. And I'm not a nurse. While I revere them, there are many in my family. But instead, I do find that I care for people and that this work that I do is about healing. And I'm all about being a flight attendant. Yep, I never took that one on either. However, I travel as much as I possibly can because I love it. And so here's the thing, even back when I was younger, and I mean, this is like six, seven years old, I knew who I was meant to be. I knew that I had a heart for people. I knew that I cared about others. I knew that I wanted to make sure that others were seen. I knew that some of the experiences that I had in the beginning shaped me, prepared me to be able to be the kind of person who could have an impact on others, hopefully stop others from having to have some of the experiences that I did. And if not, that I could be someone to be, to offer an ear, some words of wisdom, or maybe just a soul to share in the moment with them, to have empathy for them, to have care and consideration for them. That I would be one who would see those hiding in the shadows, not wanting to come out and share who they were, not wanting to, not having the confidence in bringing themselves into the light. And that that would be my work. And across my life, that's those are the people that I have been connected to that I find myself grasping their arms, linking them in mine, and helping them to walk into the light. That's my purpose. And I would ask you in this moment, to just stop and think, who did you wanna be when you were five, when you were six? And if you can't remember Then tonight, when you go to sleep, as you settle down, ask yourself to go back and ask for help remembering the next morning. So when you wake up tomorrow, you can start to recall some of who you believed you were then. I guarantee you it's connected to the things that pull at the center of your soul every day. You see, we all have these things. We we grow up in, in this point of our lives where we have to earn a living. And so we're focused on doing whatever we need to in order to be able to provide. Or perhaps the driving factor for you is making sure you make something of yourself, using my air quotes, live up to the expectations of others, or maybe the lofty expectations you've set for yourself We spend a lot of time trying to create ourselves into these beings that are acceptable by society and one another, and not enough time asking ourselves who we wanted to be in the beginning. And I would submit to you that the who you wanted to be in the beginning is the most important part of whoever you will ever be in the future, because that's where the puzzle pieces are connected to the rest of the universe. It is through those things, through who we were ordained to be, that we can bring the greatest gifts that we have in ourselves to the forefront. It's our unique value, and it lives and exists in us when God ordained it. It came from the moments before birth. It's been with you every day you just may have forgotten. And for those of you living your fullest and best lives who honor your younger self and who you wanted to be when you were five and six and seven years old, congratulations, and we thank you. We thank you for bringing your best self forward, for setting an example for others. Perhaps you can share your testimony about what it took for you to remember who you were and how you derived the courage to bring that into how you operate every single day because it's hard and it's scary. We don't always want to be vulnerable and to show all of who we wanted to be. But what I know for sure is if we don't do that, we don't get to live our fullest life. We don't get to enjoy the greatest and deepest of blessings available to us because we stop short of offering the best of us to the world. In the beginning, you knew exactly who you were meant to be. How do you get back there now? Do you want to? Are you ready to? Because here's the thing, it feels incredibly daunting to get back to that person you were. I I named for you all of my, my list of things, and there were other things that I wanted to be too. I don't know how I missed the piece about being a coach when I was younger. Perhaps the role of minister in my mind was connected, I'm not sure. But coaching has been a theme for me for Uh, the good majority of, of my lifetime. When I was in high school, my mom bought me the book, The Career Coach, and it changed my life. I remember reading that book and saying, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. I love helping people figure out what they want to do. What are they good at? And it was energizing to me to have those conversations. When someone would call me and talk to me about what they thought they wanted to do with their careers or what they were energized about doing, even the even when people were younger and they wanted to start businesses and things like that, I could just see pieces of who they were connecting. And when I would pull those things out of them and talk to them about it and help them shape that narrative for themselves, I would see the light bulb go off. And for me, it was like one of the most fulfilling moments. It's like, yes, you know who you are. And it was all about career. It wasn't about the the underpinning the soul of who the person was. That's what it is today. But then it was just simply about career. And what I believed is if you could help someone get to the unlock of how they spend the large majority of their time, certainly the soul of who they are would come forward. What I know to be true now is that there are things that we are good at doing, and we can create careers of them. We can even muddle through, perhaps with some level of enjoyment, but it is not the same as walking fully in your purpose. Enjoyable? Perhaps. Fulfilling? Not quite. You see, there's all of these other pieces of who we are that we have to honor. And when we walk in our purpose, all of those things come together. All of it. Your unique value is in full alignment. Think about all of the things that I shared with you. In this moment of my life, as I sit here creating this podcast message to you, I'm living into those things. It's the healing, the coaching, the love for people, sharing the truth, and being an orator. All of these things coming together is allowing me to live my best self. And to bring light to you, to reflect who you are back to you, so that you can start to remember. So that you can start on your path to be the best version of yourself. And so it's scary to do that. I can remember getting ready to start this podcast and saying to myself, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when the people I work with know that I'm doing a podcast? And when they see my pearls of Proverbs and when they hear the heavily spiritual nature of both, well, really the YouTube is totally spiritual (laughs) as is this podcast. Let's be honest. It is really clear that This is about my honoring God and God's role in my life. Um, And I can just remember saying to myself, this is what I have to do, regardless as to whether or not people are okay with it. The approval that I seek is that of God's. It's not of humans. It's not of man. And so that's how I have chosen to live this, this chapter of my life. And I'm so grateful for it. And it is bold and it is brave and it is tough. One of the hardest things on my journey has been to let go of this external validation and I still struggle with it today. I find that um, for years, I struggled with it in my career and really now it's more in my love relationships. It's the hardest place for me to release that. Um, But I'm working through it every day I'm grateful to the friends that I have, my close circle, um, because they have always made it easier for me to be fully who I am. I'm grateful for them. There's sometimes as I reveal pieces of myself and I can see myself just holding my breath to see what they're going to say in response, and they show up for me every time. It's how I know that God has brought the right circle of people around me. And then expanded my circle through my prayer sisters and expanded my circle through mentors who truly are led by him and expanded my circles to my earth angel sisters and brothers who truly know and honor and walk with him every day. I'm more at home in who I am than I have ever been in my entire life. And it was really scary to walk that path but there's no turning back and there's no desire to go back. I would submit to you that once you decide that you don't belong to anyone else, that validation cannot come from another human being, you loose yourself of years and years of lessons that the world had given you. Because the world has been telling you who you are through all of the experiences that you have, the things that happen, we take sometimes even the things that people say to us, we take them as truth. And they're not always true. People have to sit from their perspectives. They experience the world based on what they know, on what they've been through and what they've seen and how they've responded to it. And then many of which, who are so confident in what they spew to others call it truth. But who are they to determine truth for you? I would tell you that they're not. They don't have the ability to determine truth from you. Truth comes from source. There's only one truth. The truth doesn't change. Love is truth. It doesn't change. You see... We allow people, because they have big voices or titles, we allow them to tell us that who we are doesn't measure up. We accept the people who we've decided to enter into relationship with, who cannot even fully see themselves, tell us whether or not what they see in us is enough. We allow ourselves to be tossed back and forth as people make decisions seemingly about the business that you support or work in, but really about their own self-preservation. You have just to look back and think about some of the things that you've seen over the last decade to know that what I say is true, because I know you've been through it. When will you stop allowing those people to determine who you are? When will you take back the key to your self-worth from people who don't deserve it? When will you decide, instead of looking to society through social media, through your performance appraisals, through the return phone calls or the ghosting, whichever it may be, when will you look to source instead? When will you look inside yourself instead? Because I would submit to you, if you go back to that five-year-old vision of who you were going to be, and life today looks anything like it, then bravo, you're on your path. And if you look back at that vision and it feels like, whew, that's a hill to climb in order to get there, then I would say, good for you that you can see it. Now just put one foot in front of the other and walk in that direction confidently, knowing that source has you and will never let you fall. We've got to loose ourselves of these attachments to who the world tells us to be. Look at some of the most popular celebrities, how rogue they can be. The ones who have really ascended and have messages of hope and inspiration and are so unique in how they do things. Why do you think that is? It's their confidence to break outside of the mold, to not be, to not allow what's conventional to constrain them. They don't allow themselves to be moved in one direction or the other based on what's happening in the world around them. Instead, they chart their own course. You have that ability too. You are no different. You're a human just like they are. You have the same things inside of you burning to come out. All of that passion and purpose and belief is sitting right on the inside of you. You don't need to allow time to pass the perfect opportunity to, to come in front of you. For the plate to be set down in front of you, no, go build the table and put your own plate on it. You don't have to wait. What are you waiting for? What if that invitation never comes? Is it worth sacrificing your purpose? In the beginning, you knew exactly who you were meant to be. And all it takes now is for a decision for you to remember to come back to it. And what I know for sure is that the truth of who you are is still inside of you and it's ready to come out. So let's talk about fear and how do you move past the fearfulness? Because it is, it is hard. I only know one way. It's by submitting yourself, relinquishing your will to your purpose, to the source of signed purpose inside of you. And when you do that, when you bring yourself back into alignment with source, source provides everything else. That path lights one stone in front of the other as you walk forward and you know that you were kept. And sometimes when the road is dark, you have to remind yourself of the footsteps poem, or perhaps you say some of your mantras, you remind yourself who you are, but you have to continue to move forward on that that path. To go backwards is to let go of the core of who you are. And that allows you to just simply exist. It's not living, that's not thriving. So how do you do it? How do you get rid of the fear? I don't know. I don't believe that you do get rid of the fear. I believe that you face into the fear and you keep going anyway. I wear a ring on my left uh, index finger and it says, keep going. And it's a reminder to me every day that things are not always gonna be easy and it's not always gonna seem clear. It's not always gonna look like it's just a smooth path ahead and it's straight and I can see until the end. No, it's gonna have curves and it's gonna go up and down. It's gonna have twists and turns and some parts of it are gonna be so totally dark, I won't even be able to see through to the other side. And that's okay. Because the only thing that I have to remember is to keep going. Because at some point, there will be a clearing and I'll see light again. At some point, night will end and it will be daytime again and the sun will be out. And I'll be able to see my way forward. And at no time will source ever leave me. We struggle with feeling alone as we walk these paths. Even as you struggle with coming back into your purpose. People have a tendency to hide. I was talking to a good friend of mine, one of my angel sisters, one of my best friends earlier today about how shame hides us. We sit in the shadows and we're so shameful about the fact that we don't have it all figured out, that we don't wanna tell anyone. We don't want to admit that we're not fully there, that we haven't fully answered everything. Because it looks like every time we look out into the world, everybody else has figured it out. We don't even like to say that we're fearful because it feels like everybody else is so brave. But that's not real. We all have fears. We're all afraid. The difference is your decision on how worth it it is to push through. I share at the beginning of the podcast, the first episode, that this journey for me was one of joy. It wasn't a path for me that I woke up one morning and said, oh, I think I'll just go down this road. No, it was very clear that I was in a place where I was not happy, not fully myself not fully giving of who I, int- who I was intended to be. I wasn't living fully into my purpose. I wasn't fully honoring God with all of my gifts. And so that had to shift. My keep going is a reminder that joy is on the other side of whatever I am fearful of, that my peace is on the other side of pushing past the darkness, that by telling you, my stories and my experiences, I can release any shadows or anything that feels like shame because it no longer has power once I've spoken it. I share this with you because as you sit in these moments where you're trying to get closer to your confident steps towards your purpose, I want to encourage you to take those moments where you feel that discomfort, where you're worried about your shadows or shame, where fear is overrunning you and to find your tribe and share it with them. You would be amazed at how many people are sitting in the same space with you. I had a miscarriage after our first child was born and, I had no idea how incredibly, terribly traumatic it would be. My heart always hurt for anyone who wanted to be a parent and couldn't. And for those who were on their way and lost it. I just, it hurt my heart. And when I came out of our miscarriage, I hit a depression that I had never experienced before. I felt guilty and responsible, as if I had done something to not allow that beautiful boy to come to full term. I felt responsible. And I agonized over it. And I was angry at the people in my life who just didn't seem to have the same emotion about it, who didn't seem to care as much. And when I went back to work, well-intended people would say, oh, you're young still. You'll have another one. At least you have your son. Don't worry, this too will pass. Everybody that I know that's gone through this has tried and had another one right away. I mean, they were well-intended, but here's the thing. None of that is what you wanna hear, none. You just want people to say, I see you and I'm sorry you're hurting. I'm here for you if you just need a tissue. I don't know what it's like to be where you are and if there's anything I can do, please know that I'm, I will, that I'm happy to, that I'm here for you. That's all you needed. They tried. They were well-intended. I respect that. But much of what they said just added to the agony and pain. What was amazing to me, though, is that I had one friend who'd had several miscarriages that I worked with. and. I was grateful that she was always so open with sharing her story and that she gave me the opportunity to be there with her. And what being there with her looked like was handing her a tissue and telling her that I was there for her. There wasn't anything that you could do to make the pain go away. There wasn't anything that you could say. But here's the thing. I was so sad and lonely because I didn't feel like anybody else understood. No one else could understand what I was going through. My family members, as much as they tried, they just didn't have the same connection to him that I did. And everyone mourns in their own way, and that's true too. And so I made a bold decision to talk about it and to not be secretive about my pain, to not allow the shame of beating myself up over losing my child, to be hidden in shadows. And the most amazing thing happened. People started to share their stories. I had no idea that even within my own circle, there were people who had experienced it. I had to have been side by side with them in the same city having dinner with them weeks after they went through it and they never said a word my mom had people in her circle pouring out to me saying oh i know i remember what it was like when i went through it telling Nika to call me they had gone through it and she never knew and they've been friends for decades We don't talk about the pain that we experience in this life. And that's harmful. We have to start telling people about what we have gone through in order to make sure that they're not sitting alone in their fear and their shame and their sadness and their heartache and their misery. None of us are supposed to go through that alone. We are supposed to be able to reach out to one another, even if the best we have to offer is simply our ear. So don't sit in your moments of fear around not knowing how to step into your purpose. Talk about it. Reach out. Find a counselor or a coach. Talk to people you trust. Share your fears with them. I guarantee you they have fear too. I did end up both going to a support group and going to a counselor to help me work through the depression that I experienced. It was a really, really, really tough time. I didn't think I would ever get over it. Every year I celebrate his birthday Every year, I'm sad. And every year, I can deal with it just a little bit better than I could the year before. And I know that it is because I allowed other people to share their stories with me, to help me heal. Because through talking about it, it helped me to understand that there wasn't anything that I could have done. And by praying about it, I recognize that even though I don't know exactly why, it was what was supposed to happen. And I honor that God kept me through it. It's one of the times where I can truly see his hand on my life as he carried me through a time where I didn't even wanna walk. So here's the thing. We don't have to go through all of these moments by ourselves, lonely. You can reach out. And you can use avenues like this one, this podcast, and some of the beautiful work that others are putting into the world to see yourself and to connect and to know that you too can make it through. There is no difference between you and I we all have the same abilities inside to chase and deliver our purpose every person has purpose and we ha- that purpose comes with all the tools we need it's like buying a piece of furniture right you open the box and they've got the allen wrench in there and all of the screws Perhaps directions, you might have to look them up online. You know how that has shifted a bit. But seriously, everything you need's in the box. Well, inside of you, everything's there. Everything that you need is there. The only additional piece that I would implore you to make sure that you have is the wisdom on how to use those tools to get yourself ready to walk that path, because that comes from source. That checking in with source to say, I've gone back to the beginning and I remember, I'm starting to remember, I'm starting to believe in who I saw myself becoming back then. And as I start to understand what that might possibly look like at this moment in my life, can you help me have discernment and clarity? Can you show me the things that I've not yet seen? Can you help me to understand what else it is that I might do in order to live into the purpose that you have planned for me? And with those things, with that confirmation from source, that knowing within you and all the tools and that fiery burning purpose within you, you can bring your most unique values forward and fit your puzzle piece into that giant puzzle of our collective and start living the life that you had always imagined and envisioned and planned for yourself. The secrets of our life are in the beginning. We already knew who we were. We have forgotten more than we have learned. And it's time for us all to start remembering. Today's gratitude moment is for childlike wonder. I want to encourage you in this moment to take a deep breath and exhale out. And as you exhale, allow the tension sitting in your shoulders and your neck neck to release. Take another deep breath in. And a deep breath out, release, release those shoulders, drop them down away from your ears, back to where they're supposed to be. One more deep breath in and release it. And if you would just close your eyes for a moment and think of the last time you allowed yourself to play. And when I say play, I mean play. I mean reckless abandon, running, yelling, screaming. When was the last time you had water guns and you were running around the yard, squirting them at one another? When's the last time you were running through a field with a kite? When's the last time you were doing cartwheels and handstands and all of that fun stuff? When is the last time that you really played? And I mean play without worrying about what anybody around you looks like. Have you ever seen the commercial with the dad who I think it may be a commercial for a laundry detergent, but it's a dad and he's wearing a tutu and he's running around the house with his daughter. And then I think they're playing, you know, um, cowboys and or something. And like, they're just having a flipping ball. That's the play that I'm talking about. When is the last time you allowed yourself to sit in that childlike wonder? Can you see that moment? I want us to pay gratitude to our younger selves, our playful selves, for those moments of reckless abandon when we release all of the tension and frustration and allow ourselves to be present to the moment for fun, for release, for enjoyment. When's the last time you played? Let us give ourselves gratitude for that. How can you bring more of that into what you do every day? Is it possible to schedule time in your planner for play? Every day, every other day, every weekend at least. You see, if we can spend time in play, we can connect back to our inner selves, our younger selves. How we nurture that younger self is through play and fun. So many of us, our younger selves, had to grow up so quickly that they may have even forgotten what play feels like. We owe it to them to reclaim play. We owe it to them to reclaim joy. We owe it to our inner selves to reclaim peace. That childlike wonder with which we looked at the world gave us clarity into who we were. If we allow ourselves to play and allow ourselves to remember, we can get back to who we were intended to be in the beginning. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Remarkable Orator. I want to remind you of how important it is to share your story with one another. Through stories, We can allow connection. We can help each other to heal. We can inspire. We can ensure that we are seen. And we can make sure that we live our best lives. I want to encourage you today to share your story. Don't sit in your places of fear and shame. Talk to someone. Allow them to reflect back to you what they see in you so that you can look your fear in the eye and keep going. It is my pleasure to share my story with you. Thank you for curling up with me today in your favorite spot with your favorite cup of tea. And I hope you'll be back next week for me to tell you another story. As always, peace and blessings. I'm Anika Apple, and thank you for joining me on the Remarkable Orator podcast.